0: Welcome to Pharmacy View Podcast, where we provide regular interviews with pharmacists and key people within the Australian pharmacy and associated industry. In this stream of podcast episodes, we discuss aspects of technology or business operation and how each area interacts with guests' current role or pharmacy-related business. I'm your host, Scott Carpenter, and my guest today is proudly brought to you by Shopfront Solutions for all your digital shelf and marketing needs part of the Arian Technologies Group. Have you considered what the pharmacy market may be like in 2023? Our guest today certainly has. I'm talking today with the owner and pharmacy expert from Peak Strategies in Western Australia. Welcome, John Thornett. Good. Hello. Good to, see, good to see you and good to be with you. Pleasure to be here. Uh, excellent. And, uh, we, as we we're discussing just, I guess, offline. You and I necessarily haven't necessarily had the opportunity to meet face to face, although we possibly have bumped in to each other at the odd WA forum over time. Yeah. Um, it's great to meet you, but I also would expect that quite a few people know you from your history within pharmacy. But for anyone listening today that may not know, um, who is John Thornett? Who is John Thornett? Well,
1: uh, yeah, I've been. Uh, I'm a chartered accountant. Um, I'm a chartered accountant. I've my own uh, business over in Western Australia here called Peak Strategies, and uh, we just 100% look after community pharmacies. That's my entire client base is uh, community pharmacies, and I've been doing this for over 25 years. So I've been involved in uh, in pharmacy, so it's uh, it's one of those things that I uh, that I really enjoy. Um, I, uh, I don't hang out with accountants. I can't remember the last time I went to an accounting conference, but, uh, you give me, a, give me a pharmacy conference and I'm there. So, uh, but that, that, they're my people, and this is what I, I enjoy doing. So, uh, it's, um, so, yeah, so I'm, look, I'm, I'm married. I've got, uh, two kids in, in the, in, in the twenties and, uh, you know, and, and, and life is, uh, life is, uh, is very, very good. Um, but yeah, we, we immerse ourselves in, uh, in, in this industry. It's what we do. My entire team, uh, we have about 11 people scattered throughout the world in Philippines and Indonesia and across Australia. And, uh, and, uh, but this is what we immerse ourselves in. So, uh, but these are our people. This is what we do. And, uh, it's, it's a, a great deal of fun, I must say
0: yeah and and as i mentioned i guess at the beginning certainly you um have a pretty good network within pharmacy but um, and as much as you focus on the pharmacy industry you you won't have started in the pharmacy industry i wouldn't imagine um so how did the transition from chartered accountant into pharmacy uh, financial management well like uh, i suppose
1: like most good stories these things happen by accident um so i was um so over in wa here I, um you, I'm a uh, Curtin University boy, uh, which is where most of the pharmacists come from. Uh, 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 they're all uh, Curt, Curtin Uni people, graduates. And um, uh, so, my first job outside of Uni, I, uh, as a young accountant having the faintest idea what I'm doing, um, I despised that job with a passion, absolutely hated it um, and despised every moment of it. But as luck would have it, my mates from Uni worked at another accounting firm next door in the city, and uh, they're looking for an accountant, and and I went in there. And I, um, when I got a job with this other accounting firm, I ended up spending fifteen years there, uh, and I went from this junior accountant all the way through to all the way through to partner. And um, yeah, and they were, it has had such great memories of of being with that accounting firm. You know the the people. And particularly as you evolve as a business now, there was a particular time, and this accounting firm looked after pharmacies uh, they had a a pool of pharmacies on their books when i when I came on board, and that's when my experience basically started and uh, and as you go along, as you know you get uh, one pharmacist and you get two you get two pharmacy clients, then you get five you get five, you get ten and you you slowly build up these things and you know you look after people and over time you get a bit, you know, quite good knowledge about better knowledge in the industry about what's happening. But there was a period of time where our bank manager at the time, incidentally, he was in health and he was um, the bank manager that looked after pharmacy. And he said to us at one point, "Look, we have no one here on our bank valuation panels in WA. Do you want to do it? Like, so, we're there." We're there 100%. And so before too long, we we're probably valuing about 75% of just about everything that happened in WA. Um, and, um, and I'm still a, a bank panel valuer now after all those years. So, uh, so the, 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 the valuations side is, uh, you know, a huge part of what I do. Um, but that's where it really grew. And I, I left there uh 2010 to to start peak strategies and uh my um goal there was I, I there's like personally i needed to tick off a box in my life that says i can run a successful business and that was a that was a personal thing that uh, uh that i needed to tick off and that was like a a goal that i'd set myself so i think i've got to do this on my own for going to tick off that 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 personal goal and that's when peak strategy started from and uh and, and that decision was right. I'm just looking after pharmacy. That's what I'm good at. That's all I'm going to look after. And then we slowly transitioned and the non pharmacy clients, uh, left and we just built on, uh, pharmacy clients, you know, one after the other across Australia. I do a lot of valuations now. So, um, uh, yeah. So it's just one of these things that's grown and it's, uh, it's one of these, um, know, yeah, there's certain things in life you, you, you can tick off, uh, you know, like your, your, your first love, your first kiss, you know, the, when you get your driver's licence, your first job, things like that, you know, getting married, your first child. There's particular things in your life of certain things that you tick off. Oh, I, I thought you were going to say your first marriage there for a second. <laughs> Mar- married once will stay married forever. Um, Correct. Uh, and, um, and one of those things is when you master your profession, um, and, um, it's one of those things that when you, when you love what you do, um, it's, uh, it's one of those things, it just, it just fills your soul with so much joy. So,
0: from, love from that perspective. Yeah. And, and look, I can probably just throw a little anecdote in here. I, um, joined the pharmacy industry about 25 years ago from another completely different field. Uh, at the point in time, uh, I got asked what I know about pharmacy and I said outside of, you know, going to the doctor, getting a script and, and handing it in, not a lot. Um, and the response at that point in time was that, look, that's cool, we're the pharmacists. We'll, we'll teach you the pharmacy side of the business, we need you to teach us um, the the retail business and, and the team leadership side of things, which was, I guess, the area that I came from. and. I got to a point, if I, if you I can you know, digress with this just a little bit, because it'll lead back to what you said that in the first year i still didn't understand a lot about pharmacy in the second year i started to make a little bit of sense and in the third year it all clicked and and i guess my learning in those first three years is what i then coached other team members on and that was that if you've come into the industry outside of pharmacy don't expect to understand it in the first year it potentially won't make a lot of sense but when you turn over your first anniversary um, all of a sudden, a couple of things will start to click in and you'll, you'll have done something twice. You'll have done something a third time. And by the third year, you'll have either made a decision to stay and continue quite a long career in pharmacy, or actually you'll have decided this isn't for you. But, but we'll have both got some value out of that first year or two either way. And I think that's the point that I wanted to hone in with you is that, um, when you're in pharmacy and you get it and you understand it and you meet the great people that are involved in it it's actually then very hard to get away from it isn't it
1: yeah it, look you make a very good point because there's a couple of things that really sings with your soul here and the people in the industry is one thing that uh um it generates so much joy because the the people in the industry are wonderful and uh it, it it's you know from that perspective you're just you, you love being part of it and um and one of the other aspects of um it's unusual particularly in particularly my profession being an accountant it's actually quite unusual for someone to specialize that much and in, in being you know so niched it's, it's actually quite unusual and um and you know there's not many accountants I know because I tend to stick in the pharmacy world. But, uh, for those that I do know, there's a, what, why do you do that? And, and for my is you can be a, or I could call an all round sports star as an accountant and have small business and people from all different industries. But the fact that, you know, I can have any pharmacy owner come to see me and I know what issues are going on in their industry. I know where their pain points are. I know, um, where their trends are, I can look at their business and I know where they're doing good, bad, or indifferent because I know what everyone else is doing. Um and it, it there's that level of knowledge means there's so much more you can you can give. There's so much more value you can provide. Um and just from a, a simple conversation or just meeting someone for a cuppa, um, you know, there's that much more knowledge that you can provide that much more value. And uh, and that is something that just, uh, it, it just ticks it off in my mind. Uh, it just ticks yeah. it off in my soul that, you know, I've got a great ability to help people.
0: Yeah, and, and certainly, um, and I'm sure you'll concur with this as well, when you then, having all of this knowledge and experience, sit with a pharmacy industry stakeholder or pharmacist, that person on the other side of the table, very quickly realizes that you've got some experience, and you've got some knowledge, and 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 all of a sudden you become in sync, and the conversation and the credibility around the conversation then becomes a lot more valuable, doesn't it? Correct, correct, and and that's uh and that's
1: exactly why we do it. It's uh, the conversations we have have that much more value to them. Uh, we can help them out, um, and it's uh you know reassuring from the other from the client's perspective that they're talking to someone who who, who understands them because pharmacy not it's not like a, a cafe or a restaurant or anything like that and as you, you've been in industry as long as i have it's a unique beast it's a very very unique beast and uh and once you once you know it that's uh it, it's a great advantage to have but uh as you know coming in here in your first year like i experienced and uh like you just said you experience you come into this industry and think wow there's actually quite a bit to
0: this from that perspective, yeah. Um, now, we're going to get around to the technology platforms that you use because that's somewhat the basis for this uh, podcast. But if I come oh. back to the point, um, you know, I, I quoted a comment from one of your LinkedIn posts. Have you considered what the pharmacy market may be like in 2023? I guess they certainly has. So from a peak strategies perspective, what's the current beat within the pharmacy industry there's there's a lot going on i know i follow the guild um, fairly actively in terms of the extended scope of practice but what's going on from your perspective what do you see 2023 looking like well um 22 yeah 21 22
1: leading into 23 we've got you know, very conflicting things that are happening within the industry. Because you've gone from this, this world of COVID. And one of the things that really highlighted was how critical community pharmacy is within community healthscape. Because they were always open. They were always accessible. That, um, it doesn't matter what was going on in the industry. You knew you could go to your pharmacy and get your medications. That you could talk to someone, assume you weren't diseased with the plague and everything. But um, community pharmacy was open and their reputation really grew, of you know, we are on the front line here, but we stayed open. Um and it was really, really critical, but it's really good to see. And then we went through this phase of um, particularly WA, of border closures. And then what happened with that? With border closures, mean people couldn't travel. So what happened was, you were in a phase where people had to go to pharmacy because they needed um, hand sanitizers, they needed masks, they needed um, uh, they needed a RAT, they needed a, uh, a vaccination. Most people, at some stage during that 21, 22 year, had to go to a pharmacy and regularly. And they couldn't travel, and so what you saw was pharmacy was making coin all of a sudden. Yeah, they were incredibly busy. Yeah, absolutely flat out. Um, and yeah, it, I don't think I don't think uh, many of them want to go through that phase ever again. Um, yeah, it was it was exhausting for them all, but from the business perspective, it was really good. And most of, I do, you know, I've, I would have done a, you know, I've done so many valuations over the last year or so that, um, when you look at the data, 21 and 22 across the board was really good for pharmacy businesses. Um, but we're in a different world now. You've got this thing called inflation. You've got these things called interest rates. Interest rates have, have been going up. Why have they been going up? Because I need to kill inflation how do they kill inflation by stop people spending money um, and so with all these pressures going on you've got huge demand on labor I mean it's it's dreadful in 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 the industry at the moment particularly with the labor shortages uh, which I'll come back to that topic but you've got this question mark going on of well if the economy is here and the in government policy and fiscal policy is designed to slow down consumer spending, well, what's going to happen? Because people don't have to go to a pharmacy anymore for masks or, or, or rats or anything like that. They don't have to go there and people can travel, which means tourists come in but also tourists go out as well. But also if they're going to be, if they're, um, if the family family purse has to be tightened because of inflation, because of higher interest rates, etc what what does that mean for demand for pharmacy it just raises a big enough question now the market to buy pharmacy has been very very active like it's been, it's been a huge um couple of years uh, and the premiums being paid has been quite quite substantial um and i sort of raised the question of well if you're a if you're in the market to buy have you really taken into account what 23 may potentially look like don't assume 22 is going to be the same because it's not um and you know some um some of the really good owners that i talked to over here they say if we can make the same dollars as 22 we'll call that a successful year um so it's going to be really interesting to see what's uh, what's happened. Now, one of the other competing things going on here, of course, is that you cannot find a pharmacist for love and money. There's there's none around. And you've got owners who are properly exhausted at the moment. It's actually quite a, a big issue because you look at the exhaustion levels and the mental health of owners who are doing an insane amount of hours Um you wonder it's it's just not sustainable. What's going on? And the thing about that is the the lack of pharmacists and how how tight the resourcing is, is that well, how much money they're leaving on the table by not being able to service their patients to fullest extent and not being able to really grasp all the, the, the pharmacy service opportunities, uh, not being able to spend a bit more time with the patient because you've got 50 others in front of you are screaming at you. Um, it just raises that question of, well, I wonder what, how much money's leaving on the table because I know talking to some of, some of our clients and other pharmacy owners don't know over here, just can't do everything. It's just not enough time. So you've got that issue as well of uh, the labour pain and knowing that the labour pain's not going away anytime soon. And it's a real issue because our owners over here, they're just exhausted. It's, it's, it's quite a problem. But 23, you just put a little question mark and highlight against that of don't assume 22 is going to be the same because there's a lot of things, a lot of issues right now that weren't in existence in
0: 21 and 22. It's a different world. And look, I think you raised another really good point there, if we can um, chat about that for a second, was that um, you're right. Pharmacist business owners have really been stretched. And um, not only have you potentially missed revenue opportunities, but in terms of two of your biggest expenses being labor and then also stock, you really actually haven't had the time to make sure that you're maximizing both of those either, are you? So, so in reality, there's, there's probably been some wages blown because you just need people on the floor and you've got to get them at whatever price you can get them at with no negotiation or no ability. But has the same thing then happened with stock? Now, my experience in the pharmacy industry is that, you know, the ability to negotiate significant you know, margin changes in stock is not that great anyway. But, but potentially on a volume it is. And again, if a, if a sales rep coming in from a company's got this really good, you know, um, cold and flu or hay fever deal, um, you know, you haven't had the time to say, yeah, but what else can I get kind of thing? Or is there any more margin in that? You just said, yeah, okay, where do I sign and, and move on with it? So there's, there's potentially some point one, point two percentage points of margin that have been missed, but also in terms of salaries, there's potentially been some labor spent that not done out of just I need to get a body on the floor, not done because I, I, you know, I've got the money or not, or I've had to get a locum at an extremely high price because that's all I can get. So so that's got to have had an influence. Two of the yeah. biggest expenditure items on your P&L have also been influenced through this time as well, irrespective of the fact that revenue is up.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, of course, add on to that um, your, uh, your leases as well, particularly those whose leases um, have a... Uh, renewal clause of CPI and uh, when you were thanking your lucky stars um, you know, a couple of years ago that you had a, a lease that said CPI because it was going up by a tiny margin, now you, you get a renewal in these months and all of a sudden you're up 8% or whatever it is. All of a sudden, gee, that got expensive real quick. So, you know, if you, you, you're paying, you know, whereas before COVID, you would have been paying say forty dollars an hour for a pharmacist. Now you're probably not going to get them for less than fifty. Locums are, are, are huge, but but that's not to say they're not worth it because it's about time they got paid what they're worth. And I don't think anyone argues that these people aren't worth it. But uh, the rates have gone up, and hmm. um, and you know whilst it is expensive, also think that's not a bad thing because I'm glad pharmacists are actually getting paid what they're worth. Um, but, uh, yeah, you got those expenses going up, and if you combine that with uh, uh, potential subdued demand, you've got a squeeze happening. So it's just, just one of those things just to be careful of uh, and particularly identify what your margin of error is before things start
0: getting real tight. Out of control, yeah. So, John, before we move on to some of the technology platforms that you use, is there anything else that uh, yourself and the team at Peak Strategies are up to at the moment that we can share with the listeners? yeah well there's uh there's a lot happening in our world so uh certainly uh the
1: the valuation space has been is uh, been huge um there's been a lot going on in the in valuation world um, uh, we've uh, been spending a great deal of time working with owners from a marketing space as well um I, you know it's one of my firm beliefs that um uh Some, yes, it's just not enough attention being given to it. And particularly if you're going to head into an era of, uh, yeah, potentially subdued consumer demand, uh, the one thing you do need to do is make sure that you're communicating with your, with your community, even at higher levels than what you're doing before. Um, so that, that marketing element is something that we're quite strong on because something where it's a firm belief that you've got to be good at that, um, to, to be able to hear, hear, um, to be able to stand out from the rest of the noise. Um, uh, the other things that have been going on will be doing, um, quite a bit of work in our, we've got a program called the Pharmacy Mastermind Program, uh, which is basically to help owners, um, to transform themselves to get a more profitable, sustainable business model. Uh, and that's, we've been putting a, a great deal of work into that over the last couple of years. We've worked with some great pharmacies and seen some great results around that. Um, you know, in seeing some of this uh, one particular client, we uh, got their profit to increase by nearly 40%, 50%. It was, you know, the cracking store, absolute cracking store. But to see the turnaround in their profitability, it's another one I'm working on, we managed to double their profit in 12 months. So you get some, some really good results there just by working with those teams. Uh, but of course, you know, we, we always look forward and, uh, we've got some, uh, I won't say anything just yet because marketing will kill me. Um, but we've got some, uh, a number of great, uh, programs that we're developing for, for next year. Um, we've been doing a lot of work in the, the, um, uh, the partner space of, uh, educating and, and helping, uh, first time, uh, uh, first time pharmacists um, you know, uh, looking for their first opportunity and helping them through from, uh, becoming junior partners and working partners and helping in, in that, in that space. Uh, we've been issuing a lot of content on there because we do, um, uh, we, we, we do podcasts as well with a lot of blogs. Um, our website is just crammed full of content there for people to go and access. Um, but uh particularly, there's a lot of stuff we have there on uh, on on partnership material just to really help the 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 young ones when they're coming in just to they've got some access to some content there that can help them in their journey. So we have a lot going on but but this is this is how we work, this is our active space, this is what we're good at
0: yeah and and it's almost like um certainly a transition from a, a an accountancy firm to a a business partner service is what you're doing isn't it it's it's filling the gaps and each as we both know each business each pharmacy owner has strengths and weaknesses and again it's being able to adapt and and help them with what this particular business needs versus that one over there so, yeah
1: yeah it really comes comes down to that that key point of uh, you just want to help people and, you know, and, and being in pharmacy, you know, there's businesses that businesses there that we want to help. Um, yeah, we can do all their taxation and compliance, but there's more to a business than just that. And, uh, and I know myself and my team, we, we, we just love to be able to help people and particularly the new ones coming in as we want to give them a helping hand as well and to, to guide them through these critical years and making some, uh, you know, really huge decisions in their life. And to be able to guide them through that is, uh, you yeah, know, it's, it's, it's quite a, a, quite a pleasing thing to be able to do. True. So, uh, it's been, uh, certainly been very active. I know we've had a, a very, very good year. Um, you know, COVID hit us like everyone else and, uh, my team, uh, got absolutely belted from that. But, um, and funnily enough, we're still going through it now. And this last week, we've had lost half the office to COVID. So the <laughs> damn thing's still not yeah. going away. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there's uh, a lot of good things happening and a lot to look forward to for next year. So we don't sit still for very long.
0: No, that's great. So, John, talk to us about some of the technology platforms that you use in your business to help your clients. What, what have we got on the table?
1: Yeah, well, there's, um, like many, you're a firm believer that, you know, adversity brings opportunity. You know, whenever there's a problem, you sit back long enough and you find the opportunity with it. And, um, and one of the things is how easy it is now to communicate with people. Cause here, here are you and I, uh, see each other from the other side of Australia and, uh, we can talk quite freely. And so things like using, uh, zoom and teams like that, using those types of things just to have simple conversations, uh, and, and, and not via phone call or, or anything like that. So, you know, being the ability to have excuse me, um, conversations with uh, first-time pharmacy owners that are in Victoria and New South Wales or South Australia or Queensland or something like that, you know, we're quite often sitting here uh, having a simple Zoom conversation and and helping someone and just having a simple conversation. So that that is one of the, the, the big things that's really changed in your ability to be able to talk to people across Australia, even across the world, and we're talking to our People, you know, daily in the Philippines and Indonesia. So that, that, that is has changed immensely. The other thing that's, um, you know, because we do a lot of work in bookkeeping space. So we have a, a, a big team that's involved in, um, basically reconciling, preparing financial statements for, uh, for pharmacy owners on a monthly basis. And, and of course, one of the important aspects of that is you, yeah, I suppose to use the simple thing, you've got to auto- automate the repetitive. And, uh, you know, you try and automate as much as possible and leave the human element out of it, particularly on repetitive things. And, of course, your your main um, accounting software suppliers like Xero and Myob have just come on in leaps and bounds um, over the last 5, 10 years. And even if you look forward, they've got so many new features coming up and your ability to basically prepare a reconciled set of financial statements for a pharmacy using one of those platforms. they all much of the same. And people say, well, you know, do you prefer MyBazero?" Zero? And you got, yeah, it's a personal preference, really. You've got the same data going in, the same data going out, being processed roughly the same way. Those look different, different colours and slightly different features. But essentially, they do the same job. But the efficiency with which you can... Um, process a set of financial statements is that much better. And you combine that with other, um, there's other like, call them add-ons. Uh, so and a good example of that is a, um, a program called Dext, which used to be called Receipt Bank, um, which is great because that allows you to, and as we know with, with pharmacy, they have a hell of a lot of supplier invoices over the course of a month. When you can grab them and Basically feed it straight into your Myob or Zero with very little human touch points. The efficiency is fantastic. So to be able to see, um, and the technology here is really clever because it basically takes a PDF of an invoice and identifies the supplier, the ABN, the total GST, etc., and then bang pops that straight into your Zero or Myob or whatever it is. Um, with, with, uh, yeah, with quite an, an efficient system. Um, the labor saving is huge and, and the rate of change within that world is enormous. Um, and one of the, the latest things which we got to get ahead around is, um, even from an employee perspective, because wages and processing wages is a huge thing. So there's a lot of automation regards to onboarding new employees, et cetera. There's a lot of automation. Within, um, those two software programs of timesheets and, um, and the clocking on and clocking off. So the, 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 the pace of technology within there, within those systems is, is just enormous. And, um, and particularly from an accountant's perspective is, um, you then have that link between what the clients do and how that links to your own systems for you to prepare financial statements and tax returns, et cetera, as well. And so one of the links there is, again, you've got this um, continual flow of data that can go from a transaction at a business front through to their monthly financial statements, and sometimes without a human touching it, through to your accountant to prepare year-end financial statements and the amount of human touch points along there is just becoming less and
0: less and less. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think the John, efficiency is huge. Yeah. I, I think you, you made a statement there earlier on, which I think actually sums this up and um, automate the repetitive. And, and the reality pharmacy uses a lot of technology across all of its pharmacy. But in reality, if you are time poor today, one of the things that you could sit back and look at and even get one of your key team members to sit back and look at it is what are the things that you or your team are doing manually on a regular basis that takes time and resourcing that, you know, is there a tech platform there that, that kind yeah. of supports that? Yeah. yeah. And um, I think you'd be quite
1: surprised. Um, how much there is available because most farms know mm-hmm. will be aware of packing machines or, you know, your dispensing robots, etc. And the efficiency there is is quite a lot. But there's actually more out there as well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I was talking to a, a gentleman a couple of weeks ago um who works with some of my clients and some of the, the software that uh, um that he's developed that just helps with ordinary repetitive things which helps in the pharmacy. So there's actually a lot more available once you really dig into it. And, of course, you look at um, your packing machines and the efficiencies that you can save there. You look at your dispensing robots and the efficiencies that you can save there. And then you go back to your accounting software and, um, and particularly go talk to your bookkeepers and talk to your accountants about how can you do things better because a lot of these programs do have add-on um yeah bits of software that again that can make your um the month end processing that much more easier. Um and when you combine all that together uh sometimes the labor savings labor labor savings can actually be quite significant. And uh if you do really explore it, there's more out there again. Um, So there's there's quite a number of um, automation tools around there that you really need to focus on because if you're going to have humans, uh, if we take a real unemotional perspective on it, if you're going to have humans, let humans do what they, what they are really good at. And humans are really good at face to face communications. That is what they excel at. And, um, I was actually interested, have a conversation with a, um, uh, a client regarding, um, dispensing robots. one of the interesting things that he was saying is because of the efficiencies uh, that he was getting, particularly in regards to dispensing a script and the time savings there, and look at time savings regarding putting stock away. But one of the changes was you had the team doing less back-of-office, call it administrative things, and that team then spent more time on the floor than talking to customers. And so what happened, and particularly in their experience, is because there was more team talking to customers, sales went up. And so in this particular case, he had about an 80%, 18% increase in GP dollars for no change in wage expense. It, it just went straight to profitability. And it's a very good example of really focusing on if there's something, a repetitive action that your team are doing, how can you automate that and remove a human element and if you 're going to have a human element let them be let them do what humans do best and talk to people and be out the front talking to people and if you can do that um, you know y- your farm's the only ever going to win because you 're giving people exactly what they want and that 's human interaction
0: Action. yeah and and Jonas we both know the The pharmacy network is very, very good and certainly if you're as a pharmacist listening today or a retail manager or a business owner listening today and you take on board this automate the repetitive, it's not that hard to ring one of your peers, one of your friends, one of your industry contacts and say, hey, I've identified this in my pharmacy, what do you do in your pharmacy? And potentially the solution may only be a phone call or two away in in reality. Yeah, yeah. John, um, where where, – I think sadly, because it's been a great chat (laughs) coming to the end of our time today, Um, it would almost be that we could possibly do another episode and we may look at that in the new year. But as you mentioned, um, Peak Strategies has its own very good website, Facebook, blogs and podcasts and uh, I've been stalking you guys um, surreptitiously behind the scenes on that as well. So, um, But before we do close, was there anything else on your list today that we haven't covered off that you wanted to cover off? Yeah, well, certainly, uh, particularly for the viewers, um, our website,
1: Peeps, strategies.com.au go in there you can sign up to our our pharmacy hub and uh, there's an enormous amount of content there of blogs that uh, myself uh, Priya mother other director and my marketing team have written there so there's an enormous amount of content there available to you uh, we've got our podcast speaking pharmacy podcast uh, which we talk uh, I don't know how many episodes we're in now but uh, we've done we've done quite a few that we talk to a lot of Owners and uh, people in the industry. And again, it's all just value about education and uh, how to do things better. Um, but by all means, go, go check out our website. Uh, my team are very active on, uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you can see uh, peak strategies on LinkedIn as well as uh, myself, John Thornet and mail uh, the team, Priya, et cetera. Um, go check us out on LinkedIn. You can check us out on Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, so the, the marketing machine is alive and well, but uh, we're very active in, in that area, that's for sure. There's a lot of value we like to to give out to people.
0: No, that's excellent, Uh, John. It's been great to chat today. I really appreciate your time, and uh, look forward to staying in touch. And uh, as you mentioned, we'll include all of your business and uh, personal—sorry, business contact details—in the show notes, which will be attached to the podcast as well. Thanks for your time today. Pleasure, absolute pleasure speaking with you. Talk soon. Thank you for listening today. Pharmacy View is a technology-focused podcast provided by Melbourne-based business Arian Technologies and Shopfront Solutions. Over the podcast series, our guests include pharmacists, retail managers, wholesalers, suppliers and industry technology partners. If you would like further information on our podcast series or to participate in one of our episodes, feel free to send me a message or touch base through the Pharmacy View website pharmacyview.com.au.